Coming up next on the Jeff Curley Show, she calls herself the positive mom. Alina Fernandez is in the house. She's going to tell her incredible journey next. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Curley, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. So every once in a while, you meet this special person who comes in and lights up the room. We have very bright lights in our studios, but the lights got so much brighter when Alina uh, Fernandez came into the studio. She joins us now in the studio, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I mean, thank you so much look, for having me. Look at this grin. I mean, she, <laughs> and this is how you wake up smiling, don't you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Every day is a gift. Okay, I want to hear how you came up with The Positive Mom, because I love that as a brand for you. Uh, how did you come up with it? Wow, thank you so much for asking that question, because it all started when I was laying on the ground in the fetal position, thinking that my life was over. I had just become a single mom. My daughters, I had two at the time. They were one and two. And as I lay there, you know, feeling the cold tile on my cheek and tasting my salty tears, I just thought, I can't do this. And I was experiencing homelessness with them. And it was just a very hard time. And then I had a flash of inspiration. And I was reminded of this vision that I had as a child when I saw a magazine of a happy family and they were just so incredibly joyful and playful and present. And then I thought, I don't know what to do, but I know what I can be. Mm -hmm. And from that moment, I started this practice that I called the to be list, which is writing down what I can be, who I can be every day and not having a to do list. And so I said, I can be positive. I can be a positive mom. And then I used the tool that I knew for healing and for empowerment, which was writing. And that's how I started my blog 19 years ago. No kidding. Well, you're so inspirational. And I've, you've done something that I've never done, uh, a TEDx speech, which they time you. You've got to practice it. You can't go long, right? So, yeah. so um, I'm going to show you just a, a little clip from her TEDx speech. Have you ever heard the saying that one person's trash is another person's treasure? That phrase sums up all the best moments of my life in my childhood in the Dominican Republic. And my favorite moment of all happened when I was seven years old. My brother and I had just come back from fetching our daily water when we decided to take a break and go to the dump. You see, there was a landfill right behind the little shack in the slum that we called home, and it was amazing. 
Yes, there was a foul stench, the ground felt mushy, and the flies, ugh, they were everywhere. But this was the magical place where we could find little objects and artifacts we could play with and be kids. It was a sweet escape. And as we dug and we searched and compared our interesting finds, I saw something unusual. It was a soggy, smelly, and old magazine with words we couldn't understand. I eagerly flipped through the pages and I was fascinated with the bright pictures. The kids wore jeans and tennis shoes. They had new books and toys and their families looked so happy. I savored every scene. And then I turned to my brother and asked him the question that would change my life forever. Y si pudiéramos aprender este idioma? What if we could learn this language? You see, I figured if I knew English, then I could live this wonderful life. And as unreasonable as this may sound, in just four years, I did it. <laughs> what I love about this is that uh, you, you never know what's going on in somebody's background. So people meet you for the first time and you've got this big smile. They don't know of the pain that you've had. In fact, yeah. um, I went on your LinkedIn page and you have a description. You're a student of pain. What does that mean? Thank you for asking that. Yes, you know, I, I know that I've been through many traumatic experiences and, and I've known a lot of pain, emotional pain, physical pain. Pain, I, I call it the common thread of humanity. And so because we all experience pain, we are born through pain and we pass through pain and we live experiencing loss, grief, all kinds of experiences that can be painful. And we also have flashes of painful memories. And I think the best way to do life is to study pain and learn from it. Mm. To I, I call it being an alchemist sure. to turn this pain into something positive, into something powerful, into something that is going to create progress in your life. And that's what a student of pain does. Well, she, she mentioned her blog, but she's a just prolific writer. She contributes to a number of magazines, including Entrepreneur Magazine. Let's go ahead and pull this up and kind of scroll down um, the site. Talk about some of the topics that you like to tackle when you're contributing uh, to uh, magazines like Entrepreneur. Thank you for asking that. You know, I love talking about the topic of validation, especially in workplaces, because as entrepreneurs and as leaders in the world, we go through a lot of pain and challenges and adversity. And so I really love to, to say lead with validation, not only validate your own pain when you go through it, but also help validate the people in your team when they are actually going through challenges and hurdles, as a validating leader, you're able to inspire them. I always say it's not motivation, it's validation that helps people feel safe so they can move through pain. Sure. You saw a little bit of her TEDx talk. She is a fabulous speaker. She goes all over the country um, speaking. We've got some video that we're going to roll. Talk about the different topics that you like to speak about, because I know, I think this particular one might have been about social media. Yeah. So you're teaching people how to uh, tell their story better? 
Yes, absolutely. I call myself a storyteller also. And being a storyteller lights me up. I think it saved my life more than once, including that moment that I shared earlier, because I think that in your story is the power or we can find the power to unlock our purpose. And so I have a five-step process that I guide people through so that they can distill that story and turn it into what I call passive income. Mm. And it brings so much healing when you can tell your story from a place of power. And that is what I love teaching. I love speaking at conferences that also have a place for healing trauma because I've been through multiple trauma traumatic experiences and uh, I love being a positive mom is all about be breaking cycles and understanding that through our own healing of our through our stories then we can help other heals but we can also break those cycles generationally for many people to come and, and that's how we heal the world. So we have a little bit of a This Is Your Life, Alina uh, Fernandez, because I went on your, your Facebook page and I found all these wonderful pictures of your kids. So I want you to narrate these pictures as we're yeah. going through them. Uh, we'll start with the first picture. Oh, this is my firstborn, Alicia. And she. this is her graduation. She's a first generation student in the USA because her mom is an immigrant. So I'm very, very proud of her. She just got married and she's 21 years old. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that is Olivia. Uh, she's four years old and she loves, this is her favorite character, Mika. So I love her and that's her too. Dressed <laughs> as Bleepy. She loves Bleepy. <laughs> Oh, there are my two babies, Eliana and Olivia. Eliana is 10, and she's a future author and, and a speaker, and she's so, such a light. Yes. Yeah. This is Alyssa preparing meals because she prepares all the meals. In no my kidding. Home. She is such a great cook, and she's also a filmmaker, and she's my second child. So I have four total, all beautiful daughters and, and authors and speakers. They all have their own TEDx, too. Really? I'm yeah. so impressed with the way you are raising your, your family because um, I got a chance to meet your, your daughter, and I'll introduce her in a minute. But uh, uh, your daughter's 11 and does not have a cell phone on purpose. Yeah. Talk about that. She's 10. 10, okay. However, her sister, Alicia, received her first cell phone when she was going away for school at 17. Wow. And then Alyssa got her cell phone on her 18th birthday. Yes. So in this day and age, you know, Eliana Stan, this is the same trajectory for her. I believe that being connected starts with eye contact. Sure. And so I want my kids to be connected not only to other people, but to themselves and to the planet. So she's playful. She has developed a lot of beautiful talents because she's not on the phone. Now, they have accounts that I help manage so that they can pursue their passions, but they don't have cell phones and they don't communicate with others through that via. They 
connect with people. And I think you saw that with Eliana. Yeah. She's a hugger. She's a communicator. She knows how to hold eye contact, how to shake hands. And yeah. so that's, that's something that we need in our society. And, and you homeschooled all your kids? Yes. Okay, tell us about that journey, because that can't be easy. I mean, a lot of people had to learn how to homeschool during the pandemic, but you've been doing this, uh, you, know, you know, you're old school. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was very hard when I started, you know, I um, actually didn't even know that homeschooling existed in my country. Some people still ask me, what is that? How did you do that? Because Alicia has now graduated from college and we started homeschooling when she was in the third grade. And it was because she was bullied in school. And they said to me, mom, we have these friends that go to school at home and you could do that. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> but it's become really easy. And I think the key for me has been that my kids want to do it. They want to be at home. They want to learn. And I've raised them to be lifelong learners. And so um, I don't believe that when you push your passion or your path onto your kids, it never works. I think the key is to give them a choice or maybe a few choices that they can choose from, that they can feel that they are empowered to, to choose their own path. And that has been definitely has had its, its challenges, but it has been very rewarding because they learn things that they wouldn't learn otherwise by, by being surrounded with entrepreneurs and world changers. So everybody wants their kids to have a better life than they did. Uh, so tell us about your parenting style and how does it compare to how you were raised? Wow, that's such a powerful question because I, you know I, you know I was raised in a slum and uh, there was a lot of dysfunction in my family dynamics. And so I have learned from that and, and taken the best and uh, ditched the worst and try to do that in the beginning with some challenges because I didn't know that I had to heal first mm. and forgive and really come from a place of vision um, one of my friends, and I think you know him, Michael Beckwith, he says, the pain pushes you and the vision pulls you. And so when I switch that motivation from, I don't want to experience that pain, I don't want my kids to experience that pain, to I'm healing, I'm forgiving, and now I imagine this beautiful vision for myself and for my kids, then that's how my parenting style became uh, that of a positive mom, not perfect. Let's, let's just say that real quickly because yes. people sometimes think positive and think like, you're always smiling, you're always happy. No, it's, it's being present. It's being purposeful. It's being on purpose. Mm. Okay, we mentioned that we have a special guest in the yes. studio. So why don't we bring her up here? Uh, and I want you to share with us more about this beautiful young lady she, so Hi, she's, and she's she's 10 years old and when I met her in the lobby she just gives me this big hug and she's got this big smile and I was like you really favor your mom you guys look alike yeah and she has a special talent do you want to show us yeah okay watch this <laughs> that, that, that is really cool have you ever met anybody who can do that yeah no, no, that's incredible. Okay, I, I want to um, give you a chance to brag about your mom. They can they can hear us uh, off of these mics. So tell us about your mom. 
Okay, um, I love my mom. She's the best mom in the whole world. Oh. And she has helped me through a lot of things. She has supported me a lot. And I really have had a chance to learn from what she teaches. And I think that she's my role model and I want to grow like her. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We might need to end the show before we both start crying. She's the sweetest little girl ever. So we're going to end the show with the website. It's thepositivemom.com. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your beauty with the world. Thank Thank you you so much, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. You bet. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.